If you enjoy podcasts like this, you should check out our other shows on Health Podcast Network. For example, Medicine in America, hosted by Anthony Manson and Todd Harrington, shares the stories of physicians, other healthcare professionals, and industry leaders who are changing the way we deliver care. There's an episode that you should check out called Primary Care Reimagined with Subscription-Based Preventative Care Model. It's an inspiring call for a paradigm shift in primary care. All of their episodes highlight innovative ideas at the forefront of the movement to transform our healthcare system. Check out Medicine in America on your favorite podcast platform or visit healthpodcastnetwork.com. There, leading ladies, welcome to the Women Physicians Lead Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Lisa Herbert, a two-time best-selling author, speaker, family physician, and executive leadership coach with over 20 years experience of providing primary care and serving as a healthcare leader. If you are a woman physician ready to make a change in your career and have a seat at the leadership table, then you are in the right place. I'm excited to provide you with the crucial skills you need to be a successful leader and strategies to deal with workplace challenges. So put on your headphones and listen as we explore the new world of building women physician leaders. Hello, leading ladies. It's Dr. Lisa, your board-certified family physician, best-selling author, speaker, and executive leadership coach. And I am here to support you as you transition into a leadership role in your business, in your practice, or in your organization so that you can become the respected voice in healthcare. So March is Women's History Month, and I'm really excited this month to bring you our new season, Turning Pain into Passion. So when we think about Women's History Month, we think about this month-long celebration of the amazing work that we do as women. As far back as 1911, women's achievements were observed in smaller ways, nearly a decade before American women were even granted the right to vote. So we have come a long way, and we continue as women to be behind every movement. And that could be from the movement behind standing up against gun violence. It could be the movement of fighting for equal pay. It could be the movement behind access to childcare or fighting for services for our children. And these are issues that we continue to be behind. And our story as women in medicine is also a strong movement. And it dates back as far as 1849 when Elizabeth Blackwell became the first woman in the United States to be granted a medical degree. And think about what that was like back in 1849. Elizabeth Blackwell began her pioneering journey after a deathly ill friend insisted that she should have received better care from a female doctor. And today we know that this is actually true, that studies have shown that as women that we provide superior care Then there's also the story of the first African-American woman in the United States to earn a medical degree, Rebecca Lee Crumpler, who was inspired by an aunt who took care of many ill neighbors. Fast forward to Joycelyn Elders, who became the first African-American Surgeon General of the United States and the second woman to hold that position, and so on and so on. 
these inspiring, trailblazing women broke barriers for themselves, for underserved patients, and the nation. And these women have stories that have manifested themselves out of pain, out of something that happened in their life that they personally experienced or someone close to them have experienced. And in honor of Women's History Month, I am going to be sharing the stories of female physicians who also shared their pain and turned their pain into passion. So again, I'm excited to bring you this new season. We're going to hear from some inspiring women physicians who share their personal stories of challenges, their personal stories of painful situations, and how they turned those painful situations and challenges into their passion, into the work that they continue to do, into um, serving the people who they really want to reach. So stay tuned for this um, season that's coming up that will run through the month of March and also into uh, April as well. So I wanted to share with you actually today my own journey, because I think each of us have a story to share or a story to tell. And sometimes by sharing those stories, we help others to overcome what may seem like the impossible task or may seem like an impossible challenge to overcome. So I'm going to share with you my journey, my journey from clinical practice, being a family physician for over 25 years, to then transitioning into a physician leader, and then becoming a speaker, author, and executive leadership coach, helping to transform and change lives. So for those of you who know me, or for those of you who don't know me, um, I left clinical practice after 25 years to pursue my passion and to have the life that I wanted and the life that I felt like I deserved. And it wasn't a decision that I made overnight, but it came after doing some deep work with a coach and some soul searching and some talks with my family and finally realizing that I needed to do this for my own mental and physical health. My decision to leave clinical medicine is actually a reality that many of us face, especially women, um, as we're starting to lose, you know, uh, women physicians to early retirement or lack of access due to reduced hours. But I stayed for 25 years um, where a lot of my colleagues, you know, um, left only after three to four years. So I have to share the story first by going back to where my journey began of becoming a physician. And that decision to become a physician actually was born out of pain. I witnessed my grandfather die at the age of five when I was five years old. He died at the age of 50 from a massive heart attack. And I knew as a little girl that I wanted to help people because my grandfather didn't have access to health care. I grew up in the inner city of Brooklyn where people were just trying to make it from day to day. So I began my journey with the undying support of my family, especially my mom, who, although she didn't go to college and receive a college degree, knew the importance of education and had me in every Head Start program, accelerated program, gifted program that she could find. My teachers knew her well, and with the help of my extended family, I was bused actually to a better public school than the one in my neighborhood, because in my neighborhood, the high schools that were there would not have been adequate enough to prepare me for the rigor that I needed to be successful in medical school. So because of this choice that my um, family had to make, 
I was able to receive the education that I knew was going to help fast forward me to college. So fast forward to college, I began to realize that there weren't a lot of people who looked like me or who came from my background. Um, So it became a very, at times, lonely existence. And although we didn't have, um, you know, communities to, to help us sort of through like we do now on social media and some other groups, I still was able to persevere and to push through. So I graduated from Stony Brook University. I was accepted to Syracuse College of Medicine. And in medical school, I struggled to fit in, but kept going because I had my eye on the prize. I felt like at that time I had a lot of people that had supported me during this um, journey. And a lot of people were counting on me. I was the first to go to college in my immediate family and also the first to go to medical school. And this was really uncharted territory for me and for my family. So after medical school, I decided to go into family medicine because it's where my heart was. It was in treating families. It was in serving communities. And it was being on a journey with my patients. And I was blessed, so blessed to have my own practice and to get to teach at the medical school and to be able to run a family planning clinic and to be able to work in all these different aspects of healthcare and public health and healthcare administration. But somewhere along my journey, my needs became less important than the needs of others. And I'm sure that you can relate, right? I was a wife, a mother, a caretaker. I cared for a panel of over 2,500 patients. I didn't say no. Um, Vacation time would be a time really for me to just catch up on sleep. And I knew my roles were starting to feel heavy and I was starting to lose my voice and I had no balance. So what happened? You know, after 20 plus years in medicine, it start, things started to change. There was the evolution of EHRs. Patients were becoming more responsible for um, the bills that they were accumulating due to high deductibles. Um, you know, I would have to, to aggressively, you know, go after obviously insurance payments and things like that. I was working harder, but not getting better results. And private practice in the traditional sense was becoming hard to maintain, especially keeping up with all of the regulatory requirements and all of the the charting and and the decreased compensation. So like a lot of you, I would bring work home at night. I would chart into the late evening to catch up and make phone calls. Um, I was still on call every night during the week, which meant that at that time, I I really uh, couldn't be present. And I was really not looking forward to going to work after a while. And the only thing that really kept me going was my dedication to my patients. But soon, that wasn't enough. So what was once sustainable was no longer because I felt stuck. I didn't want to disappoint my patients. I felt guilty for thinking about leaving. I felt like I was disappointing my family. And I didn't feel like I had a voice to say what I wanted and what I needed. So my journey started at that point where my life was starting to feel out of balance. Everything looked good on the outside, but inside it was chaos. My plate was full. It was no longer sustainable. And I didn't know how to fix it. But every day I would put on a brave face and try to convince the world that I was doing great. So this was me. 
And what I call that now is the perfect woman syndrome complex. It's when you try to be perfect and you spend so much time trying to be perfect and trying to get it right that you miss the true meaning and purpose in your life. It's when you wake up each day with a laundry list of things to do only to fall short of accomplishing it all. The roles become too much to bear. And because truth be told, we're not really enjoying life if we're trying to do 10 things at a time and thinking about the next 10 things that we have to do. We really start to miss the opportunity for career growth. We start to put on weight because we don't have time for healthy meals and exercise. We start to feel too tired um, to come home and enjoy actually our family. And because we are so starved for time, we snap at the very people who we want to spend more time with. And to make things worse, guilt starts to set in because you start to think, start to think about spending more time for yourself. And what I learned through this journey is that busyness does not equal success. Busyness was just causing me to lack balance. And the opposite of balance is chaos, overwhelm, burnout, high blood pressure, depression, anxiety, all those things that come from chronic stress. 78% of working women put off taking care of themselves because they're busy caring for others and working. And I was a witness to that as a family physician, and it was me. So I had to ask myself, how is staying in this situation helping me? How is it helping my family? How is it helping my career? What am I accomplishing by trying to remain so busy? And I knew I had to do better. And I'm going to tell you, leading ladies, that we need to do better for ourselves and for our families. So what did I do? I decided to take the advice of a dear friend and I hired a coach who absolutely transformed my life by just letting me realize that I had choices and that I had lots of choices and that I had a voice. I just needed to find it and to strengthen it so that I could have the life that I wanted. I needed to get out of my own way. So I prayed, I asked God to see me through and to use me for his purpose, to take this pain that I was feeling and turn it into something useful. My faith is and always will be an important part of my life because it has really saved me during some difficult situations. And I knew that I had to show up as the CEO of my life, taking charge of my next steps. After working with my coach, I thought that I could use my gifts as a physician and also obtain my coaching certification to help other working moms at the time, just like me, to help other physicians who were going through the same thing that I was going through, contemplating leaving practice, not having the skills that I needed to be able to get myself out of overwhelm, not being able to have a voice to be able to speak to it, not having those leadership skills, right, to really help me to develop both personally and professionally. 
So I decided to get certified and and chose to start my company, Just the Right Balance, to start my new platform. And since then, it has evolved as I have grown. My journey has been one of self-discovery, of being okay with letting go, of knowing that we all have choices and we get to write and rewrite our own stories. I knew that I could still touch the lives of others and help people on a broader scale, that I would always be a physician and no one would be able to take that away from me. I poured my transition from being overwhelmed to having a better balance in my life. And I shared that pain in my new book on my book that I had uh, published back then called Take Back Your Life, A Working Mom's uh, Guide to Work-Life Balance. And this was great for me because I had a passion for helping others. I had a passion for writing and it allowed me to do that. And I knew that there were negative physical and mental effects of chronic stress and that for women to live healthier lives, we needed to make sure that we were pouring into ourselves. So that was the first part of my journey of taking the pain that I was going through and turning it into passion. And that passion was helping others through coaching. That passion was writing a book to help other working moms um, understand that they could achieve uh, balance in their lives. So I started this work and that work has now evolved into helping women physicians realize that they are leaders and that they can become leaders in their practices, that they don't necessarily have to leave medicine if they don't want to, right? That they can thrive in those areas, that they can thrive in business, that they can thrive in an administrative role in an organization um, as a, a CMO or as a chief officer. Um, so these are some of the things that I that I do now to help women, to have a voice, to know when to ask for help, to negotiate better contracts, to take care of themselves, and to seek leadership roles so that they can create change not only in their own lives, but also in the lives of others. Because we need women leaders in medicine to bring new ideas and a different perspective and viewpoint to healthcare. We need women physician leaders to shape and groom the next generation. So I am really passionate about helping women along this journey. And I hope that the stories that I'm going to share in this new season will also inspire you and cause you to start to think about some of the things that you may want to do, to start to discover what some of your passions are, to start to really do some introspective work, some self-reflection, to think about your purpose for your life. And to understand that you may have to take several paths to figure that out. But with a little digging, you can find where you're meant to be. So what are some of the steps that you can take to start to discover your life's purpose? Have you ever really sat down and really reflected on what you love to do? And there are literally millions of possibilities, right? Sometimes that passion work is within the work that we do now, or it's within the environment where we are now. Or sometimes that passion work can be also done outside of our current um, professional lives. But there are literally millions of possibilities. So where do you start? 
I would say start with the gifts and the talents that you were born with. Start with maybe whatever painful situation that even that may have come up in your life that is guiding you towards um, helping others. So try to figure out where your gifts and talents are. Are you naturally social, right? Maybe you naturally have a gift at building relationships. Are you artistic or, mu- or, mu- or musical? Are you a natural born leader so that maybe your your goal is really to seek out a leadership role? Are you a techie? Could you help with technology in your practice or your organization? Do you love writing? Can you share and educate people through writing? So just think about what your gifts and your talents are and what are the things that really fuel you? What are the things that really um, get you going? And then think about some of the um, steps that you can then take to really start to um, discover your life's purpose, but also to share that purpose with others. So I hope that this story was helpful for you. I hope that sharing my story with you um, it will inspire you to also think about some of the things that you're passionate about and to start to think about some of the things that you may want to um, start to do in your own personal and professional life. So I'm going to just go through and leave you with seven ways in which you can discover your life purpose. So the first thing you can do is you can write about it. So try journaling, right? Just try writing out how you truly feel and what you want out of life. And remember, no one's going to really read this. This is just for your eyes only. So don't be afraid to really, you know, express your thoughts. And then later on, go back and just reread what you wrote. And many times this process can start to help you to realize some things that maybe were hidden. The second way that you can discover your life's purpose is to pursue your passions, right? So we talked about some of those things, the gifts and the talents that you have. And if you're passionate about a certain topic or subject, maybe you can make a um, a career out of it or you can infuse it into your career. Or maybe it's something that you do on a voluntary basis, but pursue what your passion is. The third thing that we talked about as well was the, was your talent. So consider what your talents are. Think about the areas in which you naturally excel and see if you can turn these skills into something meaningful for you. The fourth way you can discover your life's purpose is to start talking with inspiring people. So this is one of the reasons why I decided to have this new season of turning pain into passion so that we can start to listen to inspiring stories of other people who did just that. And sometimes in listening to these stories or actually talking with people, you can start to discover your own life's purpose. Their triumphs and struggles oftentimes will make good lessons for you in your journey to your purpose. The fifth way to discover your life's purpose is to think about what brings you joy, right? Reflect on the moments in in your life where you were most happy. What were you doing? And maybe this can start the quest for your life purpose as well. The sixth thing that you can do to discover your life's purpose 
is to embrace change, right? So sometimes the things or the thing that holds us back from self-discovery is the fear of doing something different. And there's a lot of comfort and there's a lot of safety in not taking risks. But you may also never discover your true life's purpose if you're fearful of change. So learn to embrace change. And then the seventh and the last final way to discover your life's purpose is to really think about your values and uphold those values. And you can use those values as a starting point to discover your life's purpose. Think about what you can do to honor those values in life every day. And through that discovery, again, you may find your life's purpose. So finding your purpose in life may not be as hard as you think. It just takes time. It takes sometimes going down different paths. It takes using strategy. But one day you'll realize that you found the one thing in your life that makes everything worthwhile. So thank you for listening. I'm excited about this next season. I'm sure that these stories are going to be inspiring. Um, And if you have any questions around passion work, around leadership, around uh, work-life balance, please feel free to reach out to me at schedulewithdrlisa.com. That's schedulewithdrlisa.com. And we can definitely have a discovery session to start talking about your next steps in your journey. Enjoy this season. Thank you for listening today and for allowing me to be a part of your career journey. To continue receiving leadership support, I invite you to join our private Facebook group, Building Women Physician Leaders at www.leadingladiesincharge.com. Until next time, take care. If you enjoyed podcasts like this, you should check out our other shows on Health Podcast Network. For example, Medicine in America, hosted by Anthony Manson and Todd Harrington, shares the stories of physicians, other healthcare professionals, and industry leaders who are changing the way we deliver care. There's an episode that you should check out called Primary Care Reimagined with Subscription-Based Preventative Care Model. It's an inspiring call for a paradigm shift in primary care. All of their episodes highlight innovative ideas at the forefront of the movement to transform our healthcare system. Check out Medicine in America on your favorite podcast platform or visit healthpodcastnetwork.com.